Amen. All right. So let's uh, get to it here. So we're looking at the God who wants to use you tonight. Act six. That's what, what I, the Lord is talking about. And so let's get with Act six. Let's go to the word here and see what the word is saying. In those days, when the disciples were increasing in numbers, the Grecian Jews among them began to grumble against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The twelve summoned all the disciples and said, it is unacceptable for us to neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, brothers, select from among you seven men confirmed to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will appoint this responsibility to them. And we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, as well as Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They represented these presented these seven to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God continued to spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem grew rapidly, and a great number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, who was full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. But resistance arose from what was called the synagogue of the freedmen, including Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and men from the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. They began to argue with Stephen. They could not stand up to his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Then they prompted some men to say, we heard Stephen speak words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. They stirred up the people, elders and scribes and confronted Stephen. They seized him and brought him before the Sanhedrin, where they presented false witnesses who said, this man never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And that's it. Now, a couple of words from in the Greek here. Uh, one of those words you see at the top here is diakonis. And this word is a word that they're using for serve. So appoint some people to serve. This is the word where we get the word deacons and deaconesses from. Right. So diaconies, the people who they were appointed, the seven they appointed to serve. Um, and then this word is uh, prosponos. And what this word is, this word means face or mask. Like in the Greek theater, you know, they used to change masks. Right. Like whether they were happy or sad, they put a, a face you know, over them. And this is when they said his face looked like an angel. They said proponos angelos. Um, so the angel, the face of an angel, when Stephen began to speak. So let's see what we uh, can get out of this. And I do want to spotlight, you know, I like to put somebody's life in the spotlight when we do our Bible studies here. And so I'm going to spotlight this guy named Chris Wilson. I doubt anybody's heard of it. Have you, anybody's, anybody heard of a book called The Master Plan? I haven't. No. Okay. So that's his, that's his, uh, autobiography. And in essence, Chris Wilson is, was an inmate. And so he was a brother who lived in 
Uh, grew up in the D.C. area and the Baltimore area, which those of you who've been to the East Coast know that those two are extremely close to each other. It's like a short drive back and forth between them. But he grew up in the D.C., Baltimore area. And 50 percent of the uh, of the black men in Baltimore are either in jail, on probation or, um, you know, have been in jail. So 50 percent. And, you know, have that, that X on the, on their lives. Right. So Scarlet X can't vote, um, can't get jobs, you know, almost certainly destined to go back. Right. So, Chris, what happened with him was this was a guy who a young man who grew up in that circumstance, but he was a shy, bookish young man. And his mother was a paramedic. You know, she owned her own home. You know, and it seemed like he might have a fighting chance, but there were always bullets going through their house. In fact, in fact, he slept on the floor because you were liable to get hit by a bullet. He either slept on the floor. The grandmother, they stayed with her through the week while his mother worked as a paramedic. And then on the weekends, they went and stayed with their mom. And so they had to either sleep on the floor or sleep in the bathtub to escape uh, stray bullets. Right. And so, um, you know, that's just what he did. But it was. It was uh, it got crazy and got crazier, you know, in the neighborhood as time went on. And eventually he got kidnapped by some guys. Now, he got to the point where so many people died. He had a, his brother got shot six times. His cousin got shot seven times and died. And so he started carrying a gun when he was a young man and very young. And so then he got kidnapped and they actually kidnapped the wrong guy. They thought. He had he was a guy who had done something else and they were going to kill him. And he heard him talking about all that. And then he, they, they finally realized he was the wrong guy and they took him home. And his, his family made fun of him. They're like, how do you get kidnapped when you got a gun? You know, and he, he, he kind of like, um, you know, didn't didn't um, even really remember that he had the gun. And, you know, he had been so scared that he had, had used the restroom on himself while they had it. And so he was embarrassed by all that. And so shortly thereafter, he was uh, on his way somewhere and he was accosted by four young men. And so they started, he could see them starting to surround him. And he was like, you know, I'm not going to go down like that, you know, like that would happen the last time. He's like, uh, you know, if they're going to do anything, I'm going to start. So he said he just, they got, they started closing in on him and uh, talking about what they were going to do to him and all that. And so what he did was he started shooting. And they started running. And so when they ran, what he didn't realize was that he had actually killed one of the young men. Because when they ran, he was like, well, you know, they must have been all right. He saw him running. But what he didn't realize was one guy, he ran about a block and then he died. So he took a life. And so what they did was he was 17 years old when he did this. So he was technically not an adult. But they went ahead and tried him as an adult and they gave him life in prison. So, you know, he was 17 years old and sentenced to life in prison. And so you would think that he wouldn't be someone that God couldn't use. That's what you would think. And um, so he was in there. And while he was in prison, um, he built what he called a master plan. And he had a, his family wouldn't take his calls. They wouldn't accept his collect calls. That's the only way you could call out was collect. And they stopped accepting his because his mother was like, hey, you know, life means life. You never get now. So 
they essentially wrote him off. And so he's, he's just in there. He's by himself. And however, this other young man that's in there who helped a lot of folks, his father had a, a dream. And he said in this dream, he saw both of them getting out, both, both his son and Chris, that they would get out someday. And so they said he started crying when he, when he told them that, um, you know, and that he had faith and really believed that they would get out. And so Chris started really, he started reading, started really just doing three things, working out, reading like a madman, and doing therapy. And he finished, he ended up getting his high school diploma, his GED, and he ended up getting an associate's degree while he was in prison. Ended up learning three languages, um, Spanish, um, Mandarin, and I believe the other one was Italian, Spanish, Italian, and Mandarin while he was in prison. So, you know, he was he was using the time and trying to do well, but he kept running across these disappointments where people would say, you know, he would he got this lawyer that seemed to believe in him, and he would kept trying to get him before the judge that uh, had sentenced him, and he got to the point where this judge was going to retire. Because the whole thing is, you know, you got to run for these judgeships. So what you don't want to do is let loose somebody, and then they go out and do something right before you're going to get elected. So it seemed like the perfect scenario. He was going to go up before this guy. The lawyer was going to try to get his case presented to the guy right before the guy was going to retire. So the judge would have nothing to lose. Well, it goes up and nothing happens. Um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, the judge doesn't take the case. He doesn't review it. He doesn't do anything. He just retires. So it's like the spot is taken by somebody else, a woman. And um, so eventually, um, his his uh, attorney uh, actually you know keeps keeps working with him, and he's doing all this pro bono, by the way. His attorney is, and he he goes ahead and presents the facts of the case to this lady who's taken over the judgeship. Now, now what had happened was they had gotten super tough on crime at this time, right? This was during that time in the eighties and nineties when they were doing all that tough on crime, you know. You commit the crime, you know, you do the time. And it was like they said life means life in the state of Maryland where he was serving. And so they meant to keep him there, you know, for the rest of his life, however long that was. But what happened was once that that lawyer, for one thing, he told God whom he was having a hard time believing in. He said, God, if you'll just give me a sign that you're there, he said, then then. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll follow you and I'll do something to help the people in my community. And so what happened was that lady judge who took over, she took a look at his case and she wanted to see him. And so his lawyer got in there and his lawyer actually cried because he'd actually met him. He actually knew him. And he actually knew this was a good kid that but now at this time he's, he's been in there like 14 years. So he's not a kid anymore. He's like 30 years old, but um, it's like 31. And so, but it's, you know, it's, it's a kind of a tragedy, a travesty, um, you know, that he's in there. Right. And so uh, the judge looks him in the eye. She's he's sent this master plan that he's written up where he's going to start a business, finish college, all these things he's going to do in his life. And she says, I've read your master plan. I've looked at the file and she said, I'm going to release you, but you have to do everything that's in that master plan. And so she did release him. He did get out. And guess what? Chris Wilson started 
a couple of multi-million dollar businesses today that are multi-million dollar businesses. One of them, guess what they do? They take old secondhand furniture. He takes former convicts. That's who he uses as his labor force. And then he, they, they take old secondhand furniture and they restore it and then they sell it. That's one of the things. And then he has, they do construction. Uh, building construction is also a thing that they do. But he takes it. So it's the same way that he takes that secondhand furniture. He takes people that society looks at and says, these people are never going to be anything. They're never going to do anything. And he gives them a second chance. And guess what? It works. Right. A lot of them have gone on to start businesses of their own, um, you know, and they're doing well. And now he's a, he speaks about what he's doing. He has meetings with congressmen, um, you know, and he's continuing to transform lives of people who really don't have an open door or the opportunity to do anything else. And uh, he always had a dream that he'd get a Corvette. He got his Corvette, but he did give it up for a Mercedes because he said the police stopped him 23 times in two years. When he was driving the vet. So he went ahead and traded that for Mercedes. But the point is that God used Chris. And Chris was a guy that the world would say, you know, he's a reject. They would say that he was useless, just a piece of trash. But the same way that they called him trash, now those men take trash and they show that there was something there all along. There was something that could be used. And so that's the thing that we see when you get to Stephen. One of the things that you see what you see that there were seven men that they selected. Now, these were not, quote unquote, apostles, because to be an apostle, one of the qualifications allegedly is, you know, you need to be with Jesus. Like they would say, many people would say you need to be with him while he was alive. But Paul obviously was an apostle when Jesus wasn't alive post his crucifixion. So that's clearly not true. But these guys were not apostles. Or at least the, this word never says that. Right. It says just select seven people. It says, who are full of what? The spirit and wisdom. That's, that was the qualifications for the job, that they be full of the spirit and wisdom, but they're just ordinary people who made a decision that they're going to devote themselves to God. And as a consequence, God has filled them with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. And so they, they have a problem, and this problem is a problem between cultures. You have the Hebrew Jews who were the first to come to know Christ. And then you have the Jew, you have the, the Greek Jews. So people would convert to be Jews, but the folks who were from the Greek empire who converted to be Jews, and they were feeling that they weren't being done right. Their widows weren't being done right. They were being left out of the distribution of food. And so you have an ethnic conflict, if you will, early in the church. And so from the names of these people, these are mostly Grecian Jews, including this man, Stephen. And it comes from Stephanos, which means crown. Um, when it talks about the crown that Jesus is going to wear in Revelations, it uses that word Stephanos, Stephen. And so this man, just an ordinary man, basically given the job, these people were selected to wait tables. That's what they're selected to do. And so he waits tables. But the Lord also it says he does signs and wonders, many signs and wonders. And he also has a wisdom that about Jesus that they can't refute. And so they get mad. They being the being the Sanhedrin and the council, the same way they got mad at Jesus, the same way they got mad at the apostles. But this is not an apostle. Nowhere does the word does it say that. 
It just says, this is a guy who waits tables for the church. That's what he does. And so it's a routine job. But guess what? God can take ordinary people and he can do extraordinary things to them if you want to be used. And Stephen wanted to be used. And so when you empty like that, then you can be filled by the Holy Spirit. And we know that when we're weak, Paul said it. He said, when I am weak, he said that you are strong, speaking of God. Because the Holy Spirit can feel you when you're willing to be used. And so Stephen was being willing to be used. He did signs and wonders. And he was part of this healing of the division between these two different groups. So between the Hebraic Jews and the Grecian Jews, you know, he was part of what closed that rift and brought peace into the early church. And so now you see also here that the apostles what do they want to do? They said, look, hey, we don't. The truth is we don't have the time to spend time serving tables. Right. So they said, we're going to focus on what we're really here to do. They said, we're going to do two things. We're going to focus on prayer and we're going to focus on reading the word. So that's both things. Prayer gets you in touch with God. And the word gives you the guardrails. We need the spirit and we need the word of God. We need both to be right with God. We need the Holy Spirit to get the power to do the things that he wants us to do. And we need the word to make sure we know where the boundaries are. And we know in general what pleases God. And so in addition to that, we'll see in the next chapter that he has, he faces the test of a lifetime and he does quite well with it. But here what's happening is they do the same thing with him that they did with Jesus, that they did with Paul, that they did with Paul and John. They bring him up before the Sanhedrin. And so they, they they choose false witnesses because they don't have anything, once again, like with Jesus, they have nothing to really get them on. So they get false witnesses to lie about what he said. And they say, hey, he's lying about religious matters, the law and the temple, right? Not God. Notice they're not bringing God into this, but they're talking about the law and the temple. So they're totally off track. They're looking at the physical stuff, not at all at the spiritual world, which is where they were at anyway. And so they're incredibly angry at this spirit-filled man that's doing the work of God, that's healing divisions in the life. But this man is sticking with what God has called him to do, and he's doing it through the Holy Spirit. So let's see. A few questions. So what was the job that Stephen and the other six were chosen for? To distribute uh, aid to the poor. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. the so they took, took care of the money and the food, basically. So the distribution of food and, and money to the widows um, is what they took care of. Now, what, what did you have to have for this job over the qualifications? Holy Spirit. Hi. Thank you for listening to this brief. We have plenty more at christianbrief.com. At C H R I S T I A N B R I E F dot com. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and hope you check out some of the other briefs at ChristianBrief dot com.